Welcome to the Competitive 40K Podcast, brought to you by Vanguard Tactics, 40K Codex Analysis, List Building, Strategy Development, Game Theory, Mentoring. Our mission, to help you become a better player and to raise the level of the game both on and off the tabletop. Here's your host, Stephen Box. Hey guys, and welcome to episode number 15 I'm your host, Stephen, and today we're joined by Joe. How are you doing, Joe? Uh, hi, guys. Nice to be here again, as always. Back on the show. I know. It's been a while. Back from back from lockdown. Back from lockdown. And we're also joined by our co-host when we stream our games, Jake. How are you doing, Jake? I'm very well. Thank you, Stephen, and thank you very much for having me. Hey, no problem at all. And we've got a really good episode lined up for you guys today. We thought we would do, and as you can probably see from the title, the key units that we feel are just a really good pick at the moment for ninth edition. So we're going to cover every single faction. Now we've looked at these units in a slightly different way. We've kind of thought, right, what would somebody that is, you know, considering starting an army, maybe just first of all, look at it, including. Now these would be a very good pick just to make sure that you've got a really good HQ option in there. And then also ensuring that you've got some good troop choices and then we're going to pick out a key unit. Now we're going to try and steamroll through all of the 32 different factions and hopefully you're going to leave today with lots of information and also maybe some units to look out for in the future um, if you obviously you're getting to the tabletop and along with that when you are playing maybe some units to watch out for if your opponent's going to have them because they might be you know the units that are typically going to be most efficient, most effective and, uh, you know, could cause you some problems on the tabletop. Now, some of the picks that we've gone for today might just be really good for their points. They might be really durable. That plays the mission really well, or their damage output might be absolutely ridiculous for that faction. So we're kind of trying to balance out, you know, their durability versus their movement or, you know, maybe some buffs or abilities that they can bring to the table. So guys, we've divvied up the factions, haven't we? Yes. Yes, we have. Um, quite evenly, I think. Yeah. And uh, we're going to whiz through these. So I'm going to bring you in and uh, we've kind of obviously took the factions that we play more often than not. And obviously there are some factions that we play more of than others. And uh, but hopefully, you know, with our experience across all three of us, we've come up against these factions enough or at least had some sort of experience in playing with them or up against them, whether it's at, you know, playtesting, tournaments, whatever it might be. So Let's get on with the first 16. We'll do 16 at a time. But before we get on to the first 16, I just want to say a massive thank you for everyone that subscribed and also given us a review recently. It really, really helps us. And also a massive thank you to our sponsors, Foreground and uh, Foreground Publishing. You can check them out at www.foregroundpublishing.co.uk. Really specialize in pre-painted terrain. So all you need to do is unbox, build and play. So massive thank you for Foreground for sponsoring today's show. So well, I'm going to head over to you first, Joe, and we've got the Black Templars. So who's the top HQ unit in your opinion and why? So in my, my humblest opinion, the top dog, it has got to be Chaplain Grimaldus. Okay, why? Uh, he's, got, he's got a great stat line. He's a decent points, but his inbuilt abilities gives the Black Templars two denies for psychic abilities, and he gives everyone, all core units within six, exploding sixes in combat. So every six to hit generates extra ones. And obviously, as we know, chaplains now have access to um, a lot more uh, cooler powers in the new codex, but in the Black Templars uh, one, 
They get the reroll ones, which makes him a lieutenant in combat. Uh, he has another ability which um, gives everyone plus one attack. So they're just chucking out lots and lots of attacks in combat. And Black Templars really specialise, obviously, in the combat, getting yeah. that rerolls on the charge and things. So troops, troops Tro in why? Um, um, I've gone for assault intercessors on these guys. Um, obviously, they get the new chainsword, which uh, gives them minus one AP and gives them the plus one attack. Um, they have a stratagem, which allows them to attack twice. And you can put 10 of them in a repulsor so you can disembark and get in quite safely. Very nice, very nice. And any sort of special unit that you feel like is, uh, you know, really top dog for the Black Templars? Uh, for the Black Templars, not just thematically, but I've gone for Black, uh, the Blade Guard veterans on this one. Uh, they benefit a lot from having Grimaldus nearby with the rerolls to hit the exploding sixes plus one attack. Uh, and they get access to transhuman um, and they have access to a stratagem called Tenacious Assault. So when you try and fall out of combat from them, you roll a dice and on a two plus, you can't fall back. So they're a really good trapping unit as well for them. Very nice. And also they've got ability to kind of get like a, a free heroic intervention in a way, isn't it? So yeah. that's, that's also nice to use with that blade guard just to force people off objectives. So um, yes, very, very nice. Okay, that good. So that's going to give you a bit of an overview. Any honourable mentions there or not? I think aggressors are always strong um, of either option in this this army. Um, now the power fist to damage too and getting the benefits from Grimaldus. He just makes them an absolute powerhouse unit. Very nice, very nice. Okay, cool. Next up, we're going to go on to the Blood Angels, and I'm going to take this one. So for me, the top HQ has to be the Librarian. I think the Librarian really helps out. Um, you know, And this was actually a tough pick. There was a few other good ones I was considering, like the Sanguinary Priest, but I felt like the Librarian is the most toolbox unit, giving you abilities to fight first for Null Zone, um, which are really, really massive in terms of helping the Blood Angels out because they don't really have that much to deal with, you know, invulnerable saves, and they can be a tough matchup for the Blood Angels. And then the top troop choice has to be, for me, the Incursors, that ability to, you know, get up the table, do actions, good points cost, nice and durable, and also there to protect your characters as it's a very fast-moving army and not something that wants to foot slog. And then finally, the unit for me has to be the Sanguinary Guard. These guys are absolute powerhouses, getting plus one to hit near the Warlord, getting extra attacks in turn three when they hit that Assault Doctrine. Um, and now they're flat damage two, two wounds each with a two plus save. Absolutely incredible with those jump packs. So uh, for me, they are the top three. If you've got any of those in your list, I think that's really where you want to start. And then you can kind of build out some flavor from there, whether it's Death Company or whatever it might be. But uh, it was very tough between those two. But for me, Sanguinary Guard just kind of took the... Um, just took my, my top spot for me. Okay, Dark Angels, and we're going to head over to Jake. So, Jake, what's your top HQ and why? Um, it's got to be, personally, for me, the Chaplain, um, just due to the fact that, obviously, he has, he has undeniable sort of litany powers, so there's nothing your opponent can do about them, and also a lot of the buffs that you're sort of seeing from him are just really useful in a Dark Angel army, whether that be plus one to wound, plus one to hit. Um, so, definitely, for me, that's, that's ma mainly the reason for the Chaplain. Okay, and next up, the Troops. Again, it's a hard one, but I had to go with incurses. Um, main reason being is because of that forward deployment you're having with them in a more of a castle-style army that Dark Angels are. Um, it's really nice to have them on those objectives early just to sort of sit there, get it, so then your castle can sort of just move up the board. Very nice. And then what about your top unit of choice? Um, again, another hard one for Dark Angels, but definitely for me, it's got to be Deathwing Knights. Um, three wound each, toughness four, one plus save, four plus invulnerable save. 
have an inbuilt transhuman in the form of the inner circle, which means you can't wound them on what better than a four, five or six. Um, and then obviously you can take a relic banner if you do have an ancient in your army, which also gives them a five plus feel no pain. So just very, very tanky. Yeah, very nice. And also this kind of plays really well into the units there because obviously the death, the death wing want to drop in. They want to be able to hit hard, having those curses to sort of screen out your drop zone and then getting that chaplain in to get that plus two charge off as well. Um, so there, there are other sort of little combos. Any unique mentions you wanted to give a shout out to? Um, yes, uh, the, definitely the apothecary on bike. Um, just again for, you know, a very high mobility model um, in terms of also base size for his auras as well. It's just like a little nice one to sort of have um and also as i said just for the mobility and also the fact he's raven wing so he can take a lot of those unique relics which you don't normally take in your army which i think are very useful yeah to bring those death wing nice and close in yes yeah, very exactly. good um okay cool so next up is the death watch and uh, again i'll take this one so for me um it's been really interesting playing death watch again on the table but for me i really feel like the chaplain on bike is an absolute go-to again getting that plus two to charge off is incredible when you've got so many units that want to come in from reserve or redeploy and again having this chaplain with the beacon and jealous on him so you can redeploy a unit to you is super clutch and then getting that plus two charge it just gives you a lot more sort of reliability there and then he's also with just like reroll misses because a lot of the units that you will be taking um, and with the death watch do want to be ensuring that they're in you know fighting in all phases of the game whether it's shooting and combat so that brings me on to my top unit so the top troop unit for me um, I've just picked the one out of all the kill teams and that is the Indomitus kill team I think the five heavy intercessors with then five um aggressors or plasma interceptors or maybe probably the best combo for me is going to be uh, five heavy intercessors with the assault bolt uh, basically the assault bolter version so they get three shots each and then also four aggressors in there and then also one plasma inceptor is probably the a good little loadout so you can fall back and shoot on a stratagem you can become a white scar so you can advance in charge with that unit there's so many little buffs and abilities you can put on them with a five plus feel no pain five plus invulnerable save and they're just extremely tanky so uh, for me that is the kill team of my choice and again we're going to now move on to back to jake now with the gray knights Yes, um, so definitely top HQ for them has to be for me. It's, it's a toss up between Drago and Voldus, but I think Voldus wins out just because, you know, he's got a, you know, a flat free damage thunder hammer that doesn't have any minuses. Obviously, he's a grand master in the grand scheme of things. He's got that really nice smite ability as well. Um, and yeah, I think he's just a super solid pick for that. Um, in terms of troops, it has to be for me Terminators. Um, they are sort of the key staple of Grey Knights and they really do show it. They they have amazing shooting output with what you can give them. Um, they've got an amazing spell combination you can use from the characters, such as the Gnaw Line of Sight spells, um, plus one's wound spells and all that. Um, and also having the Tides as well. They sort of play in every Tide really well. Um, and then for unit-wise, I think it is basically just what I've said again. It's Paladins, but basically for they are just free wound Terminators for the Grey Knights. Yeah, and they're just like what the Grey Knights do great at is that having that durability on the table, which they really need. Um, obviously, we don't know what will happen in the future with the new Grey Knight Codex when whenever that gets released. Um, but we'll see in terms of wounding and stuff. But for now, these are our, certainly our top picks. Any sort of shout outs you'd like to give to any other units? Just one, and that is the Apothecary. Um, again, it is just because obviously when you're running a more elite army, you need someone to bring those models back. And that Apothecary just does that. Yeah. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Okay. Cool. Uh, now over to you, Joe. Imperial with, fists. With the imperial fists. So for the captain on bike, 
He's a solid choice for a HQ. He can tank a lot and he's got a lot of options. Being tough as five makes him a lot more survivable. Being on a bike means that he can get around the table to support different units a lot quicker. And he's he's just going to basically give your army everything he needs. Plus they have access to the relic, the Eye of Hope F, which gives him re-roll ones to wounds. So he's an inbuilt lieutenant at the same time. So he's captain and lieutenant running around a bike. So if you're pairing him up with lots of attack bikes with heavy bolters that play yeah. really well with the Imperial Fist, it could be obviously a really good option or suppressors. He can mm. keep pace, which is nice. Okay, cool. Um, top troops. Top troops. I like to stay uh, simple with the fist on this one. So I've gone as your basic intercessors. They have access to uh, the normal bolt rifle uh, with their bolter drill means that they can just chuck out a lot of shots. Uh, with the tactical doctrine on, you're, you're minus two with those exploding sixes. You can spend a CP. So every six is an additional two hits with those, which is really strong and ignoring cover. Or you can give them the heavy bolt rifles, which gets the same benefits on top. Um, and also they have a stratagem which allows them to shoot twice. So getting the bonus from the uh, captain on bike, these guys can just hose down anything on the table quite efficiently. Anytime you can put a unit or a buff on a unit and then double shoot it is very, very strong. Yeah. So uh, I think that's kind of doubling down, similar to like the assault intercessors with their fight twice mechanic as well. Okay, cool. And your top unit of choice then? Uh, it has to be the bolter aggressors. Bolter aggressors. The bolter aggressors, because Imperial Fists, like bolt guns, like I said, with the intercessors, you can pay the stratagem, so every six to hit is two. Um, when these guys are putting out a ridiculous amount of shots on basic, and on average you're getting an extra four to six hits per guy, with the chapter uh, master re-rolls, the lieutenant re-rolls, um, you can put these guys into anything and it's probably going to kill it in one round of shooting or leave it limping away and then you can go in and finish them off with the the power fist no very nice okay cool so for me next one the raven guard um and the raven guard i've gone for a chaplain on bike again i mean you're probably going to um see this guy crop up a few times uh but again what an absolute linchpin model this one is um and again for him you know he can obviously redeploy which is incredible um i was also very tempted to put shrike in as well i think his buffs are really really good for the raven guard and I, we're going to keep these to pure raven guard rather than worrying about successes and things like that so it was a real toss-up between the two um you know whether you want if you've gone for more of a combat style you want the obviously chaplain on bike but if you've gone for a bit more re-rolls uh, in terms of needing the hit rolls then um, yeah, that could also be an option to go for something like Shrike instead. Obviously, the Chaplain on Bike could also give you plus one to hit, which again is great. Um, for me, the troops, though, is the Infiltrators. Again, you want early board presence, and that for them to be able to zone out your opponent works really, really well based on their other stratagems that they have where you cannot go within nine inches of an enemy model when you pre-game move, which brings me on to my next unit. And I was really torn between Vanguard Vets, but it had to go to Plasma Inceptors. Um, you know, either getting plus one to hit from the Chaplain on bike with that litany, being able to pre-game move as well, or re-rolls from Shrike. I mean, it was kind of, it's all good. Um, so if you're going Vanguard Vets or Plasma Inceptors, um, you know, a good unit of five or six of those is absolutely incredible and why not take 18 so uh yeah that's a pretty a pretty strong combination i think for the raven guard and they got some really good movement tricks and those infiltrators just being able to zone out your opponent and making sure you can either deep strike or pre-game move to where you want to is super important which is why i think they're more important than the incursors in that matchup so um yeah now we're going to go back over to back over to you joe and you've got the iron hands 
I have. They're an army that I jumped on immediately when they were released. Um, so I had a, a bit of play with them. Not seen much play with them since, but they are holding strong. So HQ has to be Ferios. Um, he's got a great stat line. He's got his heavy battery. He's good in combat. But his real strengths lie in his support abilities. So his ability to repair a vehicle to max three wounds. And you can pay a stratagem so he can do that twice. Not on the same one, but if you've got multiple vehicles, which you probably will then you can get them back up to the top quite strongly. Um, he's got a Signum, so he can pick a unit, and they get plus one to hit with their shooting. Incredibly strong, especially in this army. And also, he gives all units within six inches a five-plus invulnerable save. Very nice. And then what about uh, your top troop? I think the best troops for these guys is going to be the Heavy Intercessors. Three wounds, toughness five, with the six-up feel-no-pains that comes from being an Iron Hands. And all their weapons are heavy, so when you're in the Devastator Doctrine, you can move and shoot and fire those heavy weapons with no negative modifiers. Um, plus they get access to things like Transhuman, they're going to be a really strong option within this army. Very nice. And then your top unit? Uh, one that's kind of fallen out of favour since the, the rules have changed, but I'm gonna, I think it's going to be re it is really strong within the Iron Hands, and that is the Leviathan Dreadnought. Its ballistic skill's gone down to three, but with Ferrius you can put it back up to two. Its strength and toughness seven, which isn't a major flaw, but it still has got that two-up armor save, and it has got a five-up invulnerable. And you can still give it the two uh, storm cannons, um, which are still heavy eight, strength seven, minus one, two damage, but you can pay a stratagem to keep putting it in the Devastator Doctrine, so it's back to minus two. Um, you can play a stratagem to make it a character, and give it a warlord trait, um, which one of them gives it either a five up feel no pain, or my personal favorite is on a six to hit, it generates extra hits. So that's 18 hits hitting on twos. Um, you're going to be generating lots of extra hits, and then you play a stratagem for every six to wound, wounds twice. So those 16 shots, you're probably looking at about 16 wounds with failed rerolls or failed to wounds on top of that. So just a lot of buffs on him. And also you can turn him into a lieutenant or a captain as well for the yep. turn, which is very nice. Okay, cool. Um, so next up, we're going to be, uh, well, it's back to me now. Um, and this is going to be the Space Wolves. Um, again, I'm, I'm putting him in there. It's a chaplain on bike. What an absolute beast. Um, you know, you could take a Wolf Lord on Thunderwolf Cavalry as well. Also a good option. Um, or if you wanted something, you know, that with same similar mobility but maybe can work through more terrain could be just a wolf lord with a jump pack so each of those options are pretty decent in my opinion you've then also got for the troop choice when you've got a unit uh, that is so good in combat anyway with the, getting the plus one to hit the heroic intervention anytime you can stack on more combat buffs for me it has to be the assault intercessors um, so again, they're really, really good. And it was a sort of toss up between them and the blood claws coming out of rhinos. But I felt like the assault intercessors just kind of uh, took it because of that ability to fight twice. So uh, for me, if that worked, that would be a really good option. And then also the standout unit is the Thunderwolf Cavalry. These guys, you can load them out however you want. Storm Shield plus whatever weapon you want to deal with your opponent, whether it's Power Fists or Thunder Hammers getting that plus one attack. Personally, I'd probably go on the side of the Power Fist because they're a little bit cheaper and pretty much do the same amount of damage. Or you could go Lightning Claws, which are also awesome uh, if you need to deal with more power armor. 
um, or just lots of troops. So it really depends on the loadout you want, but just you need to have a storm shield on these guys and they are super tough, super durable. Um, and when your whole army can get obsec, you know, and having obsec Thunderwolf cavalry is awesome with the Warlord trait rights of war on hopefully keeping pace that chaplain on bike or wolf lord so again that's why you need that good mobility is to really buff up those key units okay jake we're going to jump over to you um, and we're going to go for the white scars in who is your top hq so again that hq option has to be that chaplain on bike and um, a million reasons like steven's already mentioned in different armies but the main one for white scars is because for that combat prowess he has that litany of plus one to wound which is just general marine litany um, you can also give him relics such as the Plume of the Plains Rider, which is a, uni- a White Scar one for plus one to run and charge, which is just really good. Or you can give him a combat sort of more option with that special Crozius. Um, in terms of troops, it has to be those incursors for me. Um, White Scars have a strat which allows them to double move, which when obviously you have a forward deploying unit, means you can get them really quickly into someone's deployment zone for any sort of actions or just holding objectives. And then finally, I think unit-wise, it's got to be the aggressors. Um Again, running and charging, full back and charging, a stratagem to allow them to fall back and shoot. They can run and shoot, obviously, with no penalty due to the White Scar's um, normal sort of ability. And then in that super doctrine, it means they're free damage at minus four with their power fist. So again, just really solid for that unit. Yeah, really strong for the meta. You know, when you've got things like Scorpec running around, other Paladins, Custode, Gut, you know, there's a lot of three wounds units out there or even Intercessors with a Feel No Pain you know, whatever it might be. Disgusting Resilience has just been released at that minus one damage. So what do you want to put into a unit with, um, you know, two wounds? You want to put something with damage three in so you can go hopefully straight through and no messing about. So again, having a flat three damage unit is super strong when you get into that turn three Assault Doctrine. You did forget to mention that you could have a flying chaplain on bike, yes. which is very <laughs> cool, or, or just basically ignores terrain, which is one of the uh, issues with a bike is obviously it can't just move through terrain but when you can ignore it that's amazing so um, next up is going to be myself and we're going to be looking at the ultramarines uh, this was super tough between Kalgar and Tigerius both are incredible characters uh, for the HQ options um, you know an honorable shout out to Gulliman as well what a great option as well he is now so uh, but obviously he isn't a HQ, he's a Lord of War, so he didn't fit for me, but I'm going to go with Kalgar. Uh, I think for his points, the extra CPs, uh, Ultramarines can do really well with lots of CPs, so having two extra is brilliant, um, you know, is incredibly tough to kill. And that therefore brings us on to the troops, which is going to be for me intercessors. Like Joe said, just putting out so many shots, being able to stand in, or count as stationary, which is wicked, double shooting lots of um you know great mobility there being able to move and shoot in counter stationing is brilliant obviously for being able to rapid fire um and then also for the unit of choice you could go in so many different directions with these eradicators are great um suppressors are brilliant being because obviously you can count as stationary but for me it is those aggressors once again um you know losing their double shoot hasn't really impacted i think the unit's damage output because it can pretty much overkill most things anyway and again with a lot of the ultramarine buffs with like standard and mccrag getting plus one attack and then also getting plus one to hit off a company ancient getting some Kalgar rerolls, just a really good formidable bubble that you can create and bully your opponent off the middle of the table with just so many shots. So again, absolutely brilliant. And for one CP, fullback shoot, fullback charge, they also start to act like white scars. So yeah, I think you can see a lot of uh, sort of synergies there. Okay, um, and then 
finally, last but not least, Joe, we're back to you and we've got the salamanders. So as we all know, I've got a bit of love for the salamanders. Uh, HQ-wise, I really wanted to choose Adrax on this one, but I have to give it to Vulcan. Ooh. Yeah, he's he's old school. He's got a two-up save, three-up in-vun. He's still a captain, so he gives out those re-roll ones to hit. But his main ability is you pick one core unit uh, within six, and they re-roll all hits and wounds on melter and flamer weapons. Yeah, and it's not like there's a not enough good melter or flame options in the books these days, yeah. right? The fact that you can run 18 of the eradicators in your list or you can run 18 flame regressors it's kind of a, it's just an obvious choice for them it really is especially when all those flame weapons are getting plus one to wound um, turns two and three okay nice your troops uh i've gone for heavy intercessors on this one because they benefit the most from the minus one ap ignoring for salamanders and having the three wounds toughness five they're just a really solid option because salamanders kind of tend to bubble up, you want those those three wound guys to have to chew through before your opponent has to deal with the next unit, which is flame regressors. Okay, very nice. And that's that's what you've gone for the flame regressors over eradicators. It's a big call. It's a big call, Joe. The flamer the flame regressors have access to a stratagem which allows them to have maximum shots on those flamers. And now flamers have gone to to twelve inch range. And re-rolling to wound is real strong. It's real strong in this list. And also, if your opponent charges you, um, they can overwatch kind of like Tau for a friendly unit. And then they can counter charge in 2d6 inches. Uh, You're also getting plus one um, to wound stratagem if you're not in the tactical doctrine. But you also have access to another stratagem, which uh, gives them plus one... um, Oh, it's minus one to be wounded. It's really, really strong. Very nice. So I would like to make a honourable mention to tactical squads and stern guard in drop pods in this list because you can put so many flamers on them. Stern guard unit, 10 flamers, that's 60 hits with that stratagem. And now you, the 12-inch range, they're actually a viable option to put into drop pods. Yeah, okay. It's different. It is very different. But I like it. But... If you're thinking out of the box and you want something to catch people out, early game 10 stern guard with 60 flamer shots into your opponent is going to clear a screen pretty quick. Very nice. So that concludes all of the Space Marines. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, next up, we're going to be heading into the Imperium factions. And I'm going to kick it off with the Adeptus Sororitas. And for me, the top HQ has to be Celestine giving you that plus one invulnerable save um, to units, obviously, like your other sisters, and then also um, getting you that miracle dice because she's on the table. I mean, what's not to like about, you know, a flying angel that can go around chopping off heads, and she's so good in combat as well. Um, You know, the triumvirate is good. I just feel like Celestine, you know, you can protect her a little bit more. Um, She's very mobile in some of the other units that you probably want to run her with. Having that mobility for me is key. So, yeah, really like what Celestine can bring to the table. Um, Also, just a little honourable mention there, a Preacher just giving you that plus one attack um, or a Priest even for so cheap. Getting plus one attack is awesome as well. So, uh, yeah, just maybe you need to have a Priest in your list uh, if you are going for those sisters. 
And then for troops, they've literally just got the Battle Sisters, so uh, say no more. But they're actually a pretty decent option, you know, with a three plus save. Um, what more do you want, really, from a troop unit? So, uh, yeah, very, very nice. Then also for the main unit, you've heard me talk about these girls before, but they are the Repentia. Probably one of the most hardest hitting combat units in the game for their points cost. They do die extremely quickly, but these girls pack such a punch. You can put a unit of nine into these into 20 Necron Warriors and there will not be 20 Necron Warriors left at the end of that with the ability to fight twice. Exploding sixes, plus one attack, plus one to wound, plus one strength. There's so many ways to buff this unit up. So uh, really like the Repentia and probably an honorable shout out is actually Retributors now with their multi-melters. You can take four in a squad and then you can take two cherubs so you can then double tap a couple of them. You can get an extra 12 inch range. You can move and shoot without penalties. And also, not only do you get extra range, but you can also get extra damage as well. So, yeah, again, nice little mobile firebase with those retributors. So, yeah, but Repentia for me for their points cost really take it. Okay, next up then, we're going to go back to you, Joe. You've got the Adeptus Custodes. You mean my new favourite army? Boo, 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 boo. So good. I was so happy to get these painted over lockdown because they're amazing. And yeah. my first outing with them, I beat you. So Ugh. what can I say? It was grim. No, yeah. Joe is our current reigning champion on stream. Absolutely destroyed my chaos. And uh, wow, it was, uh, I think I rolled something like 400 dice into you and killed five. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the, slow, the biggest slog games ever, wasn't it? Oh, anyway. yeah. yeah. But um, anyway, it was a good game. So uh, I can't wait to do the repeat game where I'm going to try and become the victor. Anyway, uh, so back to the Custodes. Joe, who is the main man you're going to be taking? The main man who has to go into every Custodes force. Big call. Big, that's a big call, that. Trajan Valores. Uh, his, main, his main buffs, you got reroll to hit and wound rolls of one for everyone in six is real strong, especially in an army where you're essentially hitting everything and wounding everything on twos. Yeah. So re-rolling those ones. They should just make custodies just automatically hit. I don't know why you bother rolling. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 madness. Uh, and then he has an ability where he can either attack twice in combat or you can uh, play a stratagem for free. And especially when the custodies have access to a lot of expensive stratagems, it's a really strong buff. Mm, very nice. Okay, troops. Troops, I've gone for the Sagittarium, the Forge World unit. Uh, they're, they're a newer unit for the army, but it's a it's a three to ten man squad, all carrying assault heavy bolters. Ugh, grim. Yeah, so, strength, uh, so it's assault three, 36 inch range, strength five, minus one, flat two damage. And they do have an alternate mode. It's only 15 inch range, still strength five, but it's minus three, flat three. The one pump. The one pump. And that they re-roll in hit rolls and wound rolls of one. They can they can make a mess. They do. Everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I didn't have many Chaos Marines no. left after uh, taking a round from those guys. Yeah, okay, I would agree with that. And then also, um, and you, you can give them a little combat ability as well. Can't you? you can take the yeah. Misericordia to you get some good combat attacks. The, the Misericordia uh, gives them an extra attack in combat, so each one's uh, got four attacks at strength five, minus two, one damage. It's because they are base strength five and putting out... 20 attacks on a five-man unit they will they just pummel anything that tries to deal with them especially when they're on the back line and most of the stuff that comes in on the back line tends to be smaller one like one wound units 
Yeah, it's good. Um, really, really good. Okay, cool. And your unit of choice? Another four-jawed unit in the uh, Venerati, the uh, the Birdmen. The Today's four- show was not sponsored by Fordwell, just so you know, guys, <laughs> or Chaplin on bikes. But yeah. uh, anyway, go on. Yeah, it's the the Venerati, the new uh, the newer Jump Pack Custodies, uh, recently been upgraded from a free up save to a two up save when they've got the buckler, which means they've got the same stat profile as a normal Custodies which is is strong for them. Um, but it's all about their pistol they have. You take these guys in the Solar Watch and they have, an, they have access to a stratagem for one CP where you double the number of shots that they fire. Their pistol is uh, pistol 2, 12-inch range, strength 6, minus 2, 2 damage. And every roll of a 6 to hit, you generate an extra hit. Okay, uh, right, so, uh, yep. But that'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I so, like it. Yeah. So uh, a five-man unit putting out lots of shots, they'll just tear through anything. Yeah. Very nice. Okay, cool. So next up, we've got the Astra Militarum. Jake, right. take it away. So the first unit, the HQ unit, is for me, tank commanders. Now, the reason is, is because they have a great damage output, but, you know, lots of different weapon options that they can have. And they're also quite a self-buffing unit. You don't actually need a lot of other things to really run with them. Um, you can take, obviously, the loadouts depending on sort of what meta you're in. And also the tank ace traits from the greater good, um, allowing them to either advance and shoot. You can give them a two-up save. You can give their weapon, their main gun an additional minus one. So just really solid there. Yeah, and being able to order yourself to move yeah. out of the way of oncoming firepower. Uh, so you can move, <laughs> shoot, and move out of the way again, especially when you've got plenty of obscuring terrain from Talon tanks is... Uh, very, very good, I think, in this um, edition of the game. Okay, cool. And troop choice? Troop choice for me, I think there's only one in my eyes that really stands out, and that's the Tempestus Scions, the basic troops. Um, reason being, obviously, they've got inbuilt deep strike, which is really handy in the better at the moment, obviously, with all the objectives, you know, wanting to hold that, also for engaging all fronts. Um, they have really good AP on their weapons, you know, low, lower strength, but, you know, having that AP really helps versus Marines and Necrons. And then also you can take them in, you can have them in their own detachment to benefit from the different sort of um, scion traits, or you can just slot them into your own Astra Militarum detachment, saving on those CPs, having to take lots of different detachments. Yeah, you can have them as little, you know, free deep striking action monkeys, or they can actually, you know, put a hurt in, as I found out yesterday when we were doing some testing, weren't we? Yeah. So yeah, I like it. They're strong. They do have access to a stratagem when you're in half range that gives them um, plus one strength, which yeah. means in the space marine meta does make them quite strong. Yeah, nice. Okay, and your top unit, mate? For me, it has to be Bulgrins, um, just because of they are very sturdy in terms of, you know, free up armor save with their, you know, the buffs you can give them. From a priest and a psyche, you can make them minus one to hit. You can give them plus one armor save. Um, you know, the priest can give them extra attacks. Um, so for me, you know, if you want a, 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 a unit just to walk up and hold that center, you know, so then your tanks can sort of freely do what they want, it is Bulgrins for me. Yeah, and they really offer you something else that the rest of the army doesn't. So I think that's why they are a real key linchpin unit. Um, but, you know, with Guard being able to access so much indirect firepower, just having that, you know, big old unit in the center of the table to be a bit of a counter charge, you know, press onto some objectives, kick people off them. Really, really good. Okay, very nice. So we're going to head back to you now, Joe. Um, and uh, you've got the the Admech. Oh, yes, I've had a I've had a lot of success with these. Um, HQ option is a, a real obvious choice on this one. As Belisario is cool, 
he's pretty good as his basic stat profile, but the fact that he gives everyone re-roll hits in shooting is, is something that you can't ignore. And also your ability to manipulate the canticle because mm. the Mars canticle is so good. Yeah. Um, so I think really being able to manipulate your canticles like you can now with that Mars one being so strong. Um, yeah, and reroll misses is brilliant in this edition. So yeah, okay, very nice. I will definitely agree with you there. Mm. Okay, next up, your top troop unit. Top troops has to be destroyers. Oh, it's a bold one. They, they're an infantry move unit so they can move through walls there they've got high toughness high strength not many attacks but it's the fact that there are these gun platforms that move around firing heavy weapons with no negatives so is really really strong especially uh, with the fact that the plasma cannons have now got blast is really good yeah and there's the you know the good toughness good amount of wounds and uh, you know again breaches could be a, another good choice there if you, they're a little bit cheaper uh, but again, probably a little bit more survivable. But anyway, whichever way you go is a good option. Okay, what is your top unit? I actually, I know what you're going to say, but I think I've got another one what I would like to give a shout out to. So go on, who is your top unit? My top unit is kind of chosen on the fact that they actually pair really well with the destroyers, and that's the Castellan robots. Uh, the fact that now uh, they can move and shoot with no negative modifiers, they have access to a stratagem where they're, if they're within six inches of a unit of destroyers, they can get plus one to hit. Um, having the three phosphor blasters on there, uh, they just put out a huge amount of shots with the re-rolls from Cool and things like Wrath of Mars with Mortal Wounds. Um, you can point them at a knight and just kill it in one round of shooting. Um, I always have them in Protector Doctorate now, so they've got a two-up save and a four-up invulnerable. And if you do try and shoot at them, like they're, they're toughness six, so you're going to really struggle to get through them. They can fire in combat now, which is massive. So um, yeah, yeah, there's no no more locking them down, keeping them out of the fight because they can keep going. Yep, they're so good for that. Uh, the honourable mention from me is the Raiders. The little, the horsey dogs, uh, their stratagem to fall back basically when they're declared as a charged up to 12 inches is so good. It means, it just means that some armies like Blood Angels can't really touch them. Uh, they can screen out the rest of your army so well. But you've paired those three things really well together, which I'm going to, yeah, I, I love it, Joe. I think, um, yeah, we can, we can probably leave it to the next one. So over to you now, Jake, we're going to head over to the Imperial Knights bit different obviously because they don't really take hq's troops and units but i just want you to focus on a unit maybe you think you know what was a standout for you and why so it's for me the one thing i really wanted to talk about when it came to the imperial knights was the castellan sorry who the um imperial knight castellan sorry who i i, I remember this one back in <laughs> ancient uh, times cast your mind back to eighth edition I smash captains everywhere, guardsmen loving it. Oh, the thing that had a three plus invulnerable save, you couldn't kill it and it just looked at everything. And I, I'm having some, <laughs> some flashbacks. I'm having flashbacks. Okay, talk to me about the Castellan. Now, I really like this guy for a number of reasons, but we'll just sort of note the key ones. The first one being his loadout choices. You can give him a warlord trait in the form of Iron Bulwark, so he has a 4 plus invulnerable save. You can give him the Relic Plasma Cannon Calls Wrath, which basically makes him, you know, strength 8, minus 4, 2 damage, or overcharge for strength 9, minus 4, 3 damage. Really solid in the marine meta we're seeing at the moment. Um, and also, this is more so why I really like him. He's, he's a very 
universally independently working model you put him in your army he has a lot of points but you don't really need to be spending stratagems on him and for me you know when you're looking at a model to slot into your army to do all the roles he does it perfectly and also your opponent will be really scared of him with that ptsd from 8th edition if they do remember him and just try and take him off the table which they'll slowly quickly find out it won't happen yeah, and you cannot leave models on the table in front of him because he will pick them up. You know, being able to shoot indirectly and things. Yeah, what an absolute uh, monster. Okay, cool. Uh, so next up, I'm going to talk about Chaos Knights. Chaos Knights are a little army that I've been playing recently and I'm actually quite enjoying them. Obviously, Jake's already spoke about the Castellan, so I'm not going to talk that. But I'm going to talk about my favourite loadout and that is just taking a reg regular uh, Chaos Knight and giving them a sword and a thermal cannon keeps it really, really cheap. Um, and that then gives you enough points then with the thermal um, and the sword to make sure that you've got some damage output in combat, which is really good. It's got the blast and also it gives you the you know, extra points to take three of these guys with three of the indirect fire guns. And it also gives you plenty of points to take war dogs uh, with those auto cannons, which I think are a really, really good other unit that can support the Chaos Knights, helping score on things like uh, domination or engage in all fronts. So again, I think having multiple amounts of knights in an army is key. Um, so yeah, for me, keep it cheap. Um, and then one little shout out is the Psychonite, making one um, a Zinch model just really opens up another ability to fuse to do some psychic actions as well and then taking the warlord trait so that if he does die on a four plus he can stand back up again so you can do like psychic you know action in the middle of the table when you're wholly within six or whatever it might be so again just opens up some other um, options for you there you've got the guy that can heroically intervene six inches with obsec so yeah i think uh, that that's my shout outs is uh, you know playing around with your relics and warlord traits to really get the most out of your chaos knights okay we're going to go back over to you jake and chaos demons who is your top hq now for me it, there was a really sort of hard choice between two but one then ultimately just stood out to me and that is the lord of change the big bird um first off obviously warlord traits relics wise you can give him a free plus of honorable save from the impossible robes and then a minus one damage on imporeal form and at the moment with what you're seeing you know a lot of two to three damage having a 16 wound model taking that isn't ideal so that minus one damage is really making him tanky second off is obviously the exalted traits that they got in engine war um the main one I'll talk about, which I think is the best one, is the six plus feel no pain. That for every feel no pain you pass, not only do you negate a wound, you also heal a wound, which can just be insanely frustrating to deal with. And he's also quite cheap. He's coming in at about 240 points, I believe, 270, depending on sort of what weapon loadout you give him. So for me, he really sits above the top of the Chaos Pantheon. Okay, nice. And then troops? Nerglins. Um, again, just really cheap 18 points a model, four deploying, four wounds each, five plus one will say, five plus discussion resilience um, against the sort of one damage weapons. Obviously, that might change going forward yeah. now, but at the time we'll of recording, five plus uh, feel no pain, really great. And also, they have a really sneaky stratagem for one command point, which is for every single one that has died at the end of a turn, you roll a dice and a five plus you get them back. Very good. Which is very annoying to deal with. Okay, standout unit. I really like Flamers of Zinch, and the reason being is because they're quite cheap coming in at 20 sort of points a model for a two-wound fly model. Um, they have a 12-inch D6 pistol Flamer, um, which can be strength 5, minus 1, 
Um, six is mortal wounds for one CP, a spell for plus one to wound. So, you know, you can have them in combat and they can sort of really kill whatever they need to and then fly off and do something else with that. Very nice. Yeah. Good little utility bit of kit there. Okay. Now I like that justification. So up next, we are going to look at the Death Guard. Now this may change, obviously, as the Death Guard releases are coming out thick and fast. But Jake, give us your opinion as to what they're looking like at the moment. Yeah, so as Stephen said, obviously a lot of this could be subject to change, but as it currently stands, in my opinion, these are sort of the top sort of units to take. So in terms of HQ, I think that a sorcerer really keep it cheap. You want those spells, you know, just for those extra buffs, such as plus one strength and toughness for a unit of infantry, taking those plague marines to strength five, toughness six, which is just really helpful. Um, in terms of units for the troops, I think there's only one and it's Plague Marines, especially, you know, their toughness five as it currently stands, five plus disgusting resilience save, which is, which will be going to minus one damage. But obviously with their two wound change coming in, that's going to be really helpful for them. Um, obviously the stratagems you can give them. So as again, as it currently stands, you can do a strat, which means they can't be targeted unless they're the closest unit, which again is just super, super helpful. Yeah, and these are sort of thematic that we would hopefully continue to see in the new book anyway. Okay, very nice. And what's a standout unit or two for this book? I think there's two, and it's only because they are single characters. So the first is the Biodulist Putrefier, and basically he's the nickname the Grenade Man. So he can pick a unit of um, Death Guard infantry, and he makes all of their Blight Grenades plus, uh, plus one strength, taking them to strength four, and flat two damage. And any six plus they roll to wound is also a mortal wound. So combining that with Veterans of Long War and a stratagem which allows 10 of them to throw grenades, you pretty much can look at a unit within 12 and just take it off the table. Um, and the second is the Foul Blight Spawn, really powerful flamer, um, a strat to make it a 14 inch flamer, really high strength, flat free damage, and also can allow a unit within seven to fight last. So very, very good. Yes, very nice. Um, no, absolutely. I think one of the other things as well is um, just as we're seeing more and more of these things come out, it's going to be interesting to see how much Mortarion has to offer. So that's going to be interesting one for the Death Guard as their new stuff gets released. So, okay, so next up we've got the Chaos Space Marines. Now, this is an army that I've been kind of diving into as late, uh, an army that I had some pretty good success with in 8th edition at a couple of events and sort of really getting my teeth stuck in back into them now. They've obviously got loads of different sort of books they can draw from. But for me, again, I think for that HQ, it was it was tough. Um, Fabius Bile nearly made it in for his ability to buff up any Heretic Astartes unit. Um, giving them plus one toughness, for example, can be super good. But the only problem with him is that he cannot fit into any Space Marine army anymore unless you're going to take it as an unbound um, or an unaligned kind of army where you're not going to get any army buff whatsoever. So he did nearly make it in. But for me, just again, a Chaos Sorcerer, knowing two spells, um, you know, having access to warp time to double move a unit, plus one to hit on a unit or whatever it might be from like a plus one invulnerable save or uh, five plus feel no pain there's just so many great options and not to mention death hex where you can take away an enemy unit's invulnerable save so it's just got so much utility for the points giving them a jump pack whatever it might be some good mobility so yeah absolutely a chaos sorcerer in my opinion is a must and then whether you prefer demon prince chaos lord is totally up to you okay then and then obviously the for the troops i mean there's lots of different ways to take different styles of troops, depending on what sort of army you are. Like, for example, I really like Noise Marines as a troop option in my Emperor's Children army. 
but just across the board, you can't really go wrong with a Chaos Space Marine. They're pretty cheap and cheerful, um, and hopefully in the future, if they do go up to another wound, then they'll be a really good backfield objective holder, and uh, they'll be pretty tough and resilient, and, you know, to be a great little unit to do actions for you. So that'll be good. And then finally, the, the unit of choice for the Chaos Space Marines... Again, it was difficult. Um, there's some units that are good in certain books. Um, you know, for example, you know, obliterators can be good in Iron Warriors, but maybe not so great in others because they lack the rerolls. Possessed are good in certain ways, but not in others. But for me, I felt that the Terminators were just a very good overall arching unit. You can either go very expensive and go Combi Plasma on every single option or Combi Melter. You can double shoot them. Uh, now with Lightning Claws and Power Weapons getting an overall boost in the game. Or you can keep them really, really cheap and just go for Combi Bolters and also that Chain Axe to keep them really cheap. Um, and again, if they get the Space Marine treatment, then I think Terminators, a big old block of 10, no matter what faction you put them in um, or type of chaos you put them in should i say i think they're going to be a pretty good option to take so i think terminators for me are just a really good unit and also the models that they've brought out look pretty good so okay next up then we're going to go back over to jake and we're going to look at the thousand sons yes i think probably the more interesting chaos faction in terms of the unique books um so the first one you got in for the hq now it was really hard between a few of the choices but i decided in the end to go with this the, the old demon prince, um, just because obviously he's a master of sort of all. Um, so he can have some really good traits. So three plus and vulnerable, say for a warlord trait, he can do plus one to cast with a warlord trait. It's really powerful um, in the different cults, such as duplicity and magic. Obviously, you can have a more mortal wound based one or you can have a more utility based one. So, again, just an overall character that does quite a lot for an army that doesn't have a lot of choice for troops. Um, I decided to go with Rubric Marines. Again, just, I think, looking to the future potentially on this one with the two wounds. But as it currently stands, three plus armor save. They have an inbuilt and vulnerable save. They're also a Psyker. And then also you have the, um, if you're versus one damage, they get plus one to their save, which, you know, as sort of the addition goes on, may not be too useful. But as it currently stands, I think is a really nice little thing to have. No, I'd, I'd agree with that. You know, when you've got, you know, going up against armies with mortars in, you know, they just want to fish you off those backfield objectives. And if you're just sat there with a one plus save, <laughs> it's pretty strong. So, um, yeah, I, th I think uh, they're a good choice. And like you said, you know, thinking forward, if they do get the marine treatment, then they're going to be looking pretty spicy. OK, what is a unit then that you would think might be a top pick for the Thousand Sons? Now, again, there are quite a few, but the one I really wanted to talk about is the big man himself, Magnus the Red. So, again, there's a million different reasons you can say this model has a place in a, any Chaos Army. But I think the main reasons are, again, with those cults, you know, you have some really interesting list builds that you can have in him. He's a, again, he's a massive utility bag, so he can either be super bulky with a minus one to hit and a three plus invulnerable save. You can have a more mortal wound base build. Um, another really nice trick I like with him is that obviously using warp time on himself. So you move up aggressively in movement phase, sit him there, do a ton of mortal wounds, move right back behind something. So again, just really nice utility piece that your opponent is going to be quite scared to see on the table. Yeah, no, in a, in a beautiful model as well. So very nice. Okay, now we're going to head over into the pointy-eared factions. And we're now going to talk about the quest. The Drakari quest. Now, obviously, again, we've seen some previews of some spicy things to come for the Drakari. So, obviously, our resident Drakari specialist in the house, again, is Jake. So, Jake, I'm going to pass this one over to you. Jay. 
<laughs> you should see Joe's face. This is an audio-based podcast, but if looks could kill, he's currently giving me the biggest daggers you've ever seen. <laughs> Go on, Joe, take it away, my man. I was I was told that time is a faction here, so I'm just going to take as much of it as I can. I said you've got a minute to talk right. about Drakari. <laughs> Obviously, these are subject to change, but it's not going to be for a couple of months yet, so they've still got a lot of play in them. So HQ, uh, there's, there's lots of options, but the auto-include in every Drakari army at the moment is Drizar. Bold statement. He's, he's too good not to take, and he is so cheap to put into the list. Um, and the fact that he gets to attack twice, he's got two combat options, he gets plus one to wound, he's flat damage two, and if you roll a, a six to wound, he goes to flat damage four. And if he goes for his six attacks options, you can play a stratagem on him. So every six to hit generates more hits. He'll just carve through anything that he touches. He can go, he can go into units of dreadnoughts and just take out like, quite comfortably on a good roll. Uh, for the troops option, I would like to have chosen witches or cabalite warriors, but racks are the one to go for if your profits of flesh their toughness four unit with a four up invulnerable save and and they can just sit there and and just weather a storm they're really good um like action monkeys for for do it like raising banners or deploying scramblers and the fact that uh, the profits of flesh have a redeploy stratagem so you can put them down on the table turn one have them deploy scramblers, remove them from the table next turn, and then bring them in again and and deploy another one. So you get a lot of use out of one five-man unit. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I'd agree with that. And then, Nikki, what is a, a top unit for the Drakari? Well, the obvious choice on this one would have been Incubi, given that Drizara is so good, um, and they are one of our better units. But Talos overall are in my opinion, one of the best units that we have access to, especially as Prophets of Flesh with the four-up invulnerable save. If you've got Ewan Rakarf on the table, who gives them plus one strength and toughness, putting them at strength eight, which means their wounding space remains on twos. Um, and then you're hitting on two from turn three, like turn three onwards. If you've got Kronos on the table, they're re-rolling their wounds. Like, they absolutely smash through Marines, especially with the minus two, two damage. And they've got access to a lot of really good guns, but obviously the Haywire Blaster is the better option for them. Um, although most of the time they can't hit the broadside of a barn because they're hitting on fours. But with a lot of firepower coming out of like two two of them, like you're still going to make a dent in something. But once you get into combat, that's where stuff really goes good for you. Okay, so that's quite a long minute there, Joe, on that one. I'm a man of my word. I did yeah. what I could get. <laughs> so next up, we've got the Drakari. No, not the Drakari. We've just done the Drakari. Yeah, more Drakari talk. No, uh, no, we can't. No, 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 no. We're going to move on to the craft world. I should have said, uh, and I'm going to, I'm going to take this one. Really, we need a Ben Jones, I think, to come in. But I think Ben would agree with me on these three choices. So at first, we have the absolute all star, the main man, the farseer. This guy's powers are just ridiculous. Um, you know, reroll wounds on a unit, reroll hits on a unit, five plus feel no pain on a unit, mortal wounds. It, it, it can do the lot with a ability to get reroll any of the dice, 
which is always good when you're casting those powers, or denying as well. So again, very, very good for the Farseer. You know, can ignore his mortal wounds when he perils is. Uh, like in my game yesterday, I perilsed three times in a row. That was always fun. So uh, luckily I had a, some sort of inbuilt defense against that. So yeah, the Farseer is a real linchpin for the Eldar to really buff and debuff. Oh, and with the Farseer, on foot, on bike, whatever you kind of prefer, but on bike tends to make them a little bit more mobile. So I would, if I've got the points, always take one on a bike. So next up, we've then got the Dire Avengers for the troops. These guys, you know, what's not to like? They can get exploding sixes. They're pretty cheap. They've got a good save. You only have to take units of five. So it's a minimal investment for a unit that you can start on the table. Um, you know, you could look at rangers and it'd be really, I'd love to see rangers back with their original rules where they could pregame move. Uh, but unfortunately, with the way that they currently operate, they're maybe not quite as strong as just putting a unit down of Dire Avengers. And then for my favorite unit, and I was actually really torn between three options. The first option being the new Wraith Seer. So the Wraith Seer now with the new Forge World rules, they get access to all of the runes of a battle. So they can like jinx, protect, all that good stuff. An absolute monster with D3 plus 3 damage in combat. Toughness 8, minus 1 to uh, wound is, uh, sorry, minus 1 damage, like a kind of dreadnought. Um, can shoot indirectly with a D cannon. And uh, yeah, just is a very good option, I think, for what is 170 points. Um, and you can go even cheaper without that D cannon. Now, the other thing as well, another unit that is standout for the Eldar is the... Shining Spears. Shining Spears, great mobility, hit so hard. Um, Joe's got a look of pain on his face, I think, from being absolutely smashed by uh, Shining Spears over the years. But my standout unit, and I can't wait to watch Joe's face when I say this unit's name, is the new Shadow Spectre. Oh, yes. They hurt a lot, and I was on the receiving end of them, and it is absolutely brutal, but there is no denying the fact that they are possibly one of the best units that they have access to now oh so good in their points make them you know a good option they've got an inbuilt minus one to hit these guys have got two firing modes so first one is a is a one pump and the one pump gives you strength six minus three flat three damage an absolute marine killer when you're re-rolling hits from guide and re-rolling wounds from doom um, and you can just get rid of any invulnerable save from jinx and then they just you know, move seven inches and fire and fade them away. Really good option. And then the other option, which I also really like, is a blast option. Strength five, minus one, one damage. And, uh, you know, getting a nice little D6 shots per one. So uh, when I'm firing into two units of uh, 20 Acolytes hybrids and you pick up the, both units from one unit, it's pretty good. How do you feel about that, Joe? It's brutal. Especially when, like, I bought my, my Gene Stealer Cult in, charged one unit of Wraiths, failed to kill them with essentially 40 Acolytes, and then one unit of these uh, Spectres just coming in and deleting the entire lot without, like, without really trying hard either. That's the worrying the fact. Is no, they, it, was, it was a breeze. Yeah, they just go, cool. Uh, I'm going to put 30 shots on that one, re-rolling hits and wounds, and I'm just going to put 30 shots on that one and re-rolling hits. Oh, they're all dead. Yeah. Dead. It really felt like how 
Dark Reapers used to play. They're like the new Dark Reapers, what I'm going with. Anyway, so I've banged around about them for too long already. So next up, um, I'm going to quickly touch base on the Harlequins. Now, the Harlequins for me, um, again, another favourite army of mine, but for HQ, I'm going to go with the Shadow Seer. Being able to minus six inch range off your opponent, minus one to wound um, for those troops that are nearby, those infantry. So you're basically taking six inches off your opponent's guns and then making your um, or their weapons minus one to wound against you is really powerful. Some nice little inbuilt spells as well for minus one to hit, double move, etc. And then for the uh, troops... Their best unit is troops. Um, there's different ways to run these. You can go combat heavy like I do, or you could go fusion, um, fusion pistols in Star Weaver heavy, depending on what your preference is. Both are very good in the meta at the moment. Both play the mission very well. And then the standout unit, again, I don't want to just say troops again, but for me, they really would be. But the bikes, the Haywire bikes, another good option to look at very quick, advancing charge with those uh, Zephyr Glaives as well, can pack a punch in combat. And then just to give a quick uh, shout out to Yanari. Top HQ for me has to be the Incarn, an absolute utility piece and something that and if you don't know how to play against him, her, he will absolutely tear you apart. So uh, can be really tricksy and works really well with any other combat army. So again, like troops or witches it can pair well with or any sort of bikes like Shining Spears or um, the Harlequin bikes pairs really, really well with those. Okay, next up, we're going to look at a faction that we haven't heard of much of lately, and that is the Fishmen, the Tau. Now, obviously, Jack is our resident Tau player, but Jake is going to fill some very big shoes today, or attempt to at least. So, Jake, who is the top HQ and why? So, I think there's a number of ones that are really good. Mainly, obviously, the Battlesuit Commander is the one that springs to mind, but I think overall... I prefer Shadow Sun. Reason being is because in an army that doesn't have a lot of rerolls, obviously, yes, you have your marker lights and such, but doesn't have any access to full rerolls. Shadow Sun allows you to use the Kion ability twice, which is a mass aura of six inches. Um, she's already in a quite an optimal sept being the towel sept, so the five plus Overwatch one. That's sort of what I like about her. Obviously, she does also have some cool little combat nuances. Overall, I think if you know if you're taking any other sets like such as Farsight Enclave, a commander is better. But I think overall, if you're looking at the tower sets, you can't leave home without her. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. Okay, top troops. I really like Croot, and I know probably maybe a lot of people may disagree, but I think Croot for a tower army. So the tower army is a very shooting dominant army. It doesn't have a lot of access to mobile units per se. So by taking Croot, you're actually allowing yourself to play the mission, to play those things such as engage, deploy, scramblers, anything like that. And I just think if you're going to take Fire Warriors or Breachers, which is just more shooting and less of a unit, for a very similar points cost, you can just take 10 Croot with a pre-game move, which is massive at the moment. For denying. So it denies investigate sites in yeah. the centre of the table. It denies raise the banners really, really well. Um, so again, and it can also screen out your opponent, um, which is brilliant. So I'd agree with you there. If you need an action monkey unit, then crew are a very good cheap option. Uh, that, that, and that pre-game move is brilliant. Okay, and the top unit choice and why? Now, I really like the Riptide. Again, you know, a it's single... A, it's a classic. Yeah, it's the it's the bane of a lot of people's lives, um, mine particularly when going to events. Um, but again, just a really solid unit. You know, you can either give him the Ion Accelerator with the new Relic from the new Greater Good book. Absolute must, yeah. Yeah, or you could opt for more of a, you know, 
more shots with two damage. You know, you can have targeting array. You actually now essentially are now saving 20 points on them with the new monster change from ninth edition. So instead of having to pay 20 points to allow it to move and fire no penalty, it just does it anyway. It can shoot into combat. Obviously, yes, it did lose its retreat and, you know, shoot with fly, but everybody did. So that's not something that specifically uh, penalised the towel particularly. Um, I do have an honourable mention as well, and that is just Crisis Battlesuits. I just think, again, they're a really nice toolbox unit. Um, again, just due to the weapon options you can give them, you know, they really can sort of customise whatever meta you're in. Okay, very nice. Okay, and next up we've got the the Necrons. So, Joe, back over to you, mate. The Necrons, give us, give us your lowdown, the top HQ for you. So Necrons have a lot of options for HQs in the moment, but for this one I really wanted to pinpoint the must-have in your army at the moment, and I honestly think that's the the Chronomancer. Just to Necrons are so survivable, he he puts levels on top of that. He gives you a five up in in vulnerable save um, on a unit. He just looks at it and it says any unit, so you could put it on a monolith if you wanted to. But I know because of the Indominus box, everyone is running these huge 20-man blobs of warriors at the moment. Uh, but you can also put it on things like destroyers or um, or even other characters if you wanted to. Then, uh, for the troops, I'm going to go for Immortals. Uh, like we said, a lot about the, the Marine meta at the moment. Um, the Marines, on average, are going to be wounding you on fours and fives but majoritively fives because a lot of their basic shooting is strength four because and because because you're tough as five you've got a three up save which is better than the warriors and the gun is a lot better and you can you can bring in those codes where you get the cover save as well so yeah. then you're walking around with a two plus save yeah. and i think definitely units of 10 immortals yeah. could be good so uh but again you've really got to build around them haven't you okay so what is a top unit of your choice in the necrons my personal favorite and i think one that we're going to see a lot of when they're released is going to be the flayed ones they've got the same profile as a warrior so one wound strength toughness four but they've got three attacks each at strength four minus one and every roll of a six scores an additional hit on top they can deep strike they've got a stratagem that allows them to attack twice and you can take them in units of 20 so when you're looking at um, the novok for instance they have access to a stratagem which gives them an extra attack on top so one unit um, could potentially be putting out 80 attacks just straight out very nice yeah very nice uh, i would like to make an honorable mention of the, the lockhurst destroyer the original destroyer of old their shooting within the necrons is something that's really reliable and they seem to have dropped off a bit um each one's putting out uh three shots at strength six minus three d3 damage and because they're destroyers they re-roll ones to hit and if you've got a lord they're re-rolling ones to wound i think um having like five to ten of these in a list on a back line is going to do a lot of necron players some favors yeah nice okay okay and then um i mean i want to give a bit of a shout out to the silent king played against him recently and wow that is a monster to absolutely contend with um so i think we're going to see a lot more of the silent king and when used correctly that is an absolute yeah just monster to deal with on the table okay so next up we've got the orcs and again jack i'm going to try and fill jack's shoes with this one but the hq for me I would have said the relic shock attack gun, but obviously 
not anymore. So um, without that one, um, I mean, just for the points, that was ridiculous. A big old boss with all the buffs and the stratagems to make him the biggest boss in the Killer Claw and all those things, you can really go well with one. But I feel like Gazgul is still the main man to take. His ability just to only take four wounds per phase can really shut down some of the builds that we're seeing at the moment, which only really fight in one phase of the game. Um, and I think that is very, very strong. And his ability to walk up to anything and literally destroy it is incredible. So what a massive threat that he is on the table. Okay, and then for the, for the troops, I mean, you can't go wrong with Orc boys. You know, you can go big or go home, as I would say, with the uh, with these boys. And I think uh, just so many little nuances that you can actually do with such a large unit. Yes, you will get affected by blast, but when you've got so many of them and your opponent really has to work hard to absolutely eradicate the entire unit, because if they don't, the way that morale now works is very differently to 8th edition and it's a lot less punishing on those large units means that the old green tide is more of an option. Okay, so then in finally, my top unit, there was different ways to go with this. Um, and, you know, I was thinking a smasher guns are good. I was thinking just like the scrap jets, the burner bomber. There's, there's loads of different options for the orcs. But for me, it just comes down to commandos. I just feel like this is... 15 guys you're gonna have to have in your list um especially if your death skulls and your obsec just f you know 15 little guys deep striking in getting you some um cheeky engaging all fronts doing an action here or there deploying a scrambler whatever it might be um just absolutely fantastic and i think for their points cost is a is a must include so um yep commandos take it for me so next up we've got we've got two left so i'm going to throw it back to jake with the Nids, the Tyranids, yes. so uh, the HQ and why? So for me, again, the HQ, there's a lot of options that Tyranids have. Um, unfortunately, a lot of them give up a lot of secondaries. So we look more to the lesser sort of bigger HQs. And for me, it's the Broodlord. Whether you're running Gene Sealers or not, this guy is incredible. Broody. Broody. So broody. <laughs> Very lordy. Um, just because, obviously, you know, being a really nice combat monster that can't be targeted is something that Nids do not have access to at all, except for this one model. He's also a psyker. So if you give him the relic, the resonance barb, which a lot of people will agree with me if you're a Nid player saying it's the only good relic, um, it allows him to cast an additional spell and get plus one to cast and deny. Again, just really solid for those sort of builds that you want to be doing with him. He can run and charge. He has a potential for flat free damage on his weapons. Again, just really solid. And if you do happen to have Gene Cities in your army, he gives them plus one to hit as well. Very nice. Okay, cool. And then your H, uh, your troops, sorry. Troops is just Gaunts, whether that's Hormagaunts or Termagants. Um, just because, again, cheap. Um, you just want it cheap. You don't want... You don't want all these different units. And, you know, a lot of you may be saying, obviously, oh, if it's cheap, you might as well take Rippers. You still want those um, sort of models to be able to screen with. And I just think Rippers don't do that job as well as they used to when you want to be min-maxing before. They can't do objectives like, because um, they're not infantry, yeah. right? These Rippers, because they're swarms, yes. am I correct there? Yeah, that, yeah, 100%. So they can't do raised banners. They can't do deploy scramblers. They can't do investigate sites. They are basically just there to deep strike and do an engage on all fronts. Whereas, in my opinion... There's a unit, which we'll talk about in my honourable mentions, which does it a million times better for cheaper. Okay, very nice. Okay, so what is your key unit for the Nids? Again, I think this comes down to its very specific choice for the, in my opinion, the best high fleet. 
and it is the hive guard um, again with what you're seeing at the moment boards being full of terrain this unit has an indirect line of sight gun so it can just sit in a building all nice and safe really durable as well not too bad points wise but then when you get to that gun it's strength eight minus two d3 damage which again for marines it means you know without transhuman and such you're winning them on twos if you're taking chronos you're re-rolling ones to hit you can do a spell on them which means that every six they roll to hit is an additional hit you don't have to roll for it and you can two cp shoot them twice which is again when you combine all of that together in this one unit it is so so good and also with boards being shorter, that 36 yeah. inch range is a, is a little bit really nice. Yeah. You used to be able to sort of, sort of stay out of that before in, uh, but now with the way that the game plays, yeah. they're, they're a much bigger threat yes. in something that is definitely worth looking at, you know, for those NID players. Okay. Um, you wanted an honorable mention. I do. And I think it's just cause he doesn't get enough love. And that is the honorable lone lictor. Now, a lot of people may be wondering why it is just as simple as this. He is a single model that is not a character, so he gives no, up no secondaries pretty much whatsoever. So no assassinate? No assassinate, you know, obviously grind them down is a bit of a different story, but he doesn't give up assassinate, which is huge. Um, and all he is there for is a 30-point model to deep strike in for free and do an action. And I think in an army that, you know, where they can't do a lot of secondaries very well and, you know, they do struggle a bit, Having this 30-point elite's choice is just absolutely amazing, and I've found a lot of success with two of them in my list personally, no matter what high fleet you are. Yeah, there's nothing stopping you running three, is there? For 90 points to just do all your objectives when you need to, that's absolutely brilliant. So, uh, yeah, fantastic. It just saves you CPs by not having to put units in reserve. And uh, what's the base size that he comes on? He's on a 40 mil, so he's extremely easy just to sneak into little crevices. Very sneaky. Yeah, and obviously, you know, if your opponent wants to use two CP to all spec scan him, let him. He's a single 30-point model. That saves you having to deal with a lot more trouble in the future. Yeah, I like it. Okay, cool. Triple Lictor then. Mm, nice. I have got three. <laughs> okay, so next up then is, and f last but not least, is the Gene Stealer Colt. Space Goblins. The Space Goblins. <laughs> yeah. Okay, give it, give it to us, Joe. Who is the main man, the HQ? So the best HQ, in my opinion, um, for the Gene Stealer Colt is the Primus. Ooh, was a controversial one. It is controversial. The internet is going wild at I this know, moment I in know. time. So the, the Patriarch is good, but his only real benefit is that he um, gives you the auto pass on your morale. But the... But and the, he's a beast. He's an absolute mm. monster in combat, but you need to help your little goblins out and... The Primus is the man to do that. So the, you're going with the, the Primus because he's a morph of a force multiplier. Yeah, he he gives your army more. Okay. So he gives all of your GC the Cult units within six plus one to hit in combat, which okay. means that uh, basically everything else in your army is hitting on twos. Yeah, that's combat, big. Yeah. Which is really big. Um, and his other ability is when, he, when you deploy him on the table, you pick an enemy, an enemy unit. And your entire army, when they're within six inches of him, gets a re-roll to wound rolls of one. He also has access to an, a stratagem, which allows him to do that a second time. And there is also a warlord trait, which allows you to pick a third unit, but you get to re-roll all wounds versus it. Yeah, and that's for a very particular... Well, that's for the um, the bladed cock. Yeah, very nice. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right, and then what is your top unit? 
what, what top troops unit? Top troop unit, yeah. The the top troop unit for me has to go to the um, acolyte hybrids. Um, you can run up to a twenty man unit. They have two attacks each, and they come basic with a, a pistol, a dagger, and rending claws. Uh, but the real strength from these guys comes from their um, the availability of special weapons within them, um, and that has to go to the rock saw. Reliable as hell, yeah. Isn't it? it times two strength. Minus four, flat two damage, and there's no negative negative modifier to hit them with it. So these guys, when they're next to the Primus, are hitting on twos. And if you have a banner in the unit, it gives the unit reroll ones to hit. If you if you do have uh, Zygers in your army, you can um, give them plus one strength and plus one attack. Uh, in a 20-man unit, you get eight rock swords. Nice. Which is good. And then once they've attacked with the rock swords, they can then slap you about with their ending claws. Okay, very nice. Yeah. All right. And then your favourite unit then for the Genius Dealer Cult? Has to go to the Aberrants on this one. I know they're quite pricey to put on the table, but it's a Strength 5, Toughness 4 unit with two wounds. Not much of a save to speak of, but it's got 5 up, feel no pain, and reduces all damage by 1. And you can get that to up to a 4 plus. Yeah, at the start of the turn, you can spend uh, a Stratagem, and you increase their their feel no pain up to a four plus and if you have a banner on the table you re-roll ones on that like as steve found out in our game the other night these guys do not die no that minus all. one damage as well yeah. you know like my shining spears with their mm. top weapons which are flat two damage it's just one and then you just roll four ups and they don't yeah. die so I'm, yeah it's a very resilient unit and they do hit hard as they, well yeah they hit really hard so i i've kind of i've, I've dropped the picks i don't use the picks anymore I pay the extra points and give them all the, the hammers, which is times two strength, minus three, flat three damage. It is minus one to hit, but when you've got the primus nearby, they're back to hitting on threes. Um, if you do might from beyond on them, so you've got three attacks each. Um, and if you're if you're a bladed cog, they've got a stratagem, which gives you exploding sixes in combat. If you're attacking an imperial unit, it's exploding fives. And if they're an admech unit, it's exploding fours. Ooh. And they will just tear through stuff. And then once you've hit with the hammers, you can then um, you can attack them with your spiky tail. Get a little extra strength five. Very nice. Like rending attack afterwards. Very nice. So there we have it, oh, guys. I would like to make an honourable mention, though. Oh, you've got 30 seconds, Joe. Right. <laughs> For Genius of the Cult specifically, the wonder unit of the Scout Sentinel. Okay. It's 35 points. It has a pre-game move. You can give it a heavy flamer, but that's not the bit. It's it fills out a brigade, super cheap for Gene Silicon. And why is a brigade important for the uh, um, for the Gene Silicon? So you need CPs, and this army is super super thirsty when it, it comes to, to um, stratagems because well, you spend six to seven in a turn. It's not just the CPs though; it's the fact that you need so many HQs. Yeah, and when you'd have to take the HQs, you need you then have to open up more yeah. uh, like detachments. So by taking the brigade, you get the most access to HQ so you can maintain your CP allotment. Yeah, yeah. okay, cool. And and this army doesn't have any, any access to pre-game movers apart from the Scout Sentinel, and it does work as a really good denier on your opponent's secondaries. Yeah, it's. I think for, for its points, keep it as cheap as it comes. Mm. Three of them just fill out that, would you say 30 points a model? 35 points a model, six wounds, toughness six. Yeah, I think just for those points there, 
beautiful yeah. pre-game move them out just helps you get that engaged in all fronts if you go first because normally Jean Stilicolt don't want to uh, flood the board that quickly um, and also it can stop your opponent from you know zoning you out too hard as well uh, so I think it's actually a good bit of tech there yeah I think three of those is is probably worth the points because you really want to be taking a Primus a Patriarch a Magus and then the Icon Ward so you want those four HQs and you can't do four in a Battalion unfortunately so Brigade is a great option okay guys well that, that sums up our um, show today I hope you really like it uh, again these aren't all the picks there's plenty of others and um please let us know on youtube if you're watching you know what are your top picks so put your faction down and what are your favorite picks pick your hq pick your troop pick your units let us know we can have a really good discussion over on youtube and or you can join our discord channel for free as well uh, where you can access the podcast discord channel so again, thanks so much for our uh, sponsors, which are Foreground, and you can check them out at www.foregroundpublishing.co.uk if you want to pick up some of the terrain. Um, I had a bit of an influence on the terrain as well in terms of their 40k set, which we use on the channel. Um, so go and check that out. But again, thank you so much. And if you do like the show, please give us a big thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube or wherever it might be. Subscribe if you're on Spotify or iTunes, and we'll see you next week. But before I go... If you want to see the complete list of this, this is going to be show notes on our blog page. And to get to our blog page, all you need to do is head over to www.vanguardtactics.com forward slash blog forward slash S2EP16. And you can see all of these written out. So maybe you want to come back to it, whatever it might be, then uh, you can go and check that blog page out to get all the show notes whatsoever. And uh, yeah, again, Jake, Joe, thank you very much, guys. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you for letting me be here and uh, not time me to a computer all day. No problem, Joe. And uh, <laughs> we will see you guys next week on the Competitive 40K Podcast. Take care. Take care.